0: Today's episode of the Film Stage show is brought to you by Movie, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to Film filmstage We're back. Ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage show. The Movie Review Podcast for the filmstage.com. As always, I'm your host, Ryan J. Rowan. With me today, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. We have Bill Graham. Can anyone
1: change this $100 bill into $52 bills, please? Thank you.
2: What a bizarrely specific request. Yikes. That sounds <laughs> so That's what
0: I want. That's what I want. People would hate you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. As a special guest today to help us talk about Hustlers out in theaters now, we have Abby Bender.
3: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us, Abby. How are you this evening?
3: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Great. Uh, Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? uh, Tell them a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do.
3: Sure. Um, I'm a freelance writer, primarily on film and fashion. I write... um, about film and fashion for Nylon magazine. I've got a column there. I've written for Washington Post, uh, Village Voice, Time Out New York, and any place that will have me. And I am always looking out for movies with um, good clothes. I also write a lot about erotic thrillers. So, yeah, I just like writing about fun movies.
0: <laughs> so you are going to be our go-to person for all of the commentary that we're going to have on the outfits in this movie.
3: Oh yes. Well, it's an honor. <laughs>
0: And again, today we are here to talk Hustlers, the newest film from Lorene Scafaria, is what we have all agreed that we're going to pronounce that name as. (laughs) This, written also by Lorene Scafaria, based on the uh, magazine article from New York Magazine by Jessica Pressler, movie stars Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez. Before we get into that, the usual stuff, find us on Twitter at Film Stage Show, Facebook The Film Stage Show, email us podcast at thefilmstage.com. Find us on iTunes, give us a comment and rating, and of course, go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show, to help us to create more awesome content. For as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our Slack channel, first crack at all of our movie-related raffles that we do on the website, and of course, you also get a sense of accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> to laugh at that, Michael. Can't, can't put a price on that. No. <laughs>
1: This is a, this is priceless. 50, what we do here,
0: bills. what we do here, cannot be measured with money.
1: <laughs>
0: we also are brought to you by Mubi, the online streaming cinema, where every day their wonderful curators bring you a brand new film for you to watch and enjoy. You have thirty days to watch, and at that point, the film will disappear. So you have a constantly rotating selection of thirty films. Michael Snydell. I understand that you saw did you, you you were talking about this earlier today on the Affirmation Slack channel, were you not? Uh, you I, watched? I I watched two
2: films that are currently on there. Uh, one is Era b which is not based on James Joyce's story, but is a uh, it, it's kind of like a working class folk song as a piece of cinema. Um, it's 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 very interesting if you want to watch a film about people on the margins the other thing I watched was Once Upon a Time in Anatolia, which I knew was going to be kind of a a tough sit. He's known for a lot of master shots and, like, philosophical conversations. But I found it really, really entertaining.
0: Um, So I I really recommend that one.
2: Uh, It's a really gorgeous film.
0: Awesome. We also have a rather interesting retrospective going on on Mubi. It's the captive man, Roland Klick's neo-genre cinema, and they have a short film, Jimmy Orpheus, and um, here is their take. Best kept secret in German cinema, we continue our retrospective of Roland Klick, the happy reject of the new German cinema. With this early short film, Jimmy Orpheus finds the punk auteur with his characters on the nightmare streets of Hamburg reinventing cinema one jump cut at a time. So that sounds super awesome, and coming from uh, West Germany back in the days when there were two Germany's, that is a film that I feel needs to be checked uh, need to be checked out. So if you would aren't like a free all auteurs punks, I mean, honestly, let's spend the next forty minutes talking about that concept. Abby, do you believe that all auteurs are punks?
3: Um. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I guess it de- it really would depend on the auteur. I think some auteurs are probably more punk than others.
2: So, There's probably some, some pretty dweeby pu- auteurs as I think about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Some are, so like, so like, let's say, I don't know, Martin Scorsese is Minor Threat and uh, Wes Anderson <laughs> is Avril Lavigne.
3: I Let me think. Hmm. Nice? No, this could be like the whole podcast is we can just like assign different auteurs to punk bands.
2: <laughs> Wes is uh, like Van Dyke Parks. That's what I'd say. Okay.
3: <laughs>
0: so who's Avril Levine?
3: Avril Levine.
0: Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips? <laughs> I'm so upset with you. We're moving on. If you would like a free 30-day subscription to MUBI, go to MUBI.com slash filmstage. Again, that is m u bi.com slash film stage.
3: Can I just say that I, I, I'm I just going to start telling people that I think that Godard is Avril Lavigne and not <laughs> explain why? That's going to be my thing now.
0: If you think about it, Godard and yeah. Avril Lavigne are very synonymous. And then just yes. walk away and don't even let them ask the question. Yeah.
3: Why did he have to go and make things so complicated?
0: <laughs> things used to be super linear in cinema. And then Godard <laughs> came around and made exactly. things very complicated. I love it. I love it. Yeah, this is great. I cannot wait to like watch you just ruin people's days on Twitter.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we are here again to talk about hustlers and uh we're yes. about to do that. So, yeah, this film by laurene Scaria who previously did Seeking a Friend for the End of the World and as we talked about uh directed a couple episodes of New Girl that are actually some of my favorites. Background check, basketball, quick hardening caulk. So, super excited to talk about this movie here. Oh, I thought
1: those were just random words you were saying. I was <laughs> yeah, like, oh my. Minor <laughs> strokes. Uh... And
0: uh, I was just throwing those words out there. Nope, those are the episodes of New Girl. Anyway, here is the trailer front
3: hook, ankle hook, knee hook. From here, you can do the carousel, the switch, and wrap.
0: Minus forty
3: percent is one sixty. I just want to take care of my grandma. Maybe go shopping every once in a while. When I was a kid, I always wanted to work with animals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> that is the opening of the trailer for Hustlers, which is out in theaters now, and which had uh what do they what do they call it in the trades? Bafco box office this weekend. <laughs>
2: boffo really
0: (laughs) have you never seen a variety headline i i have i don't think they've said boffo in at least 10 emails the emails yes (laughs) that was sony bill anyway um so yeah we're here to talk about hustlers this movie based off a true story um which was chronicled in new york magazine and uh it's about a group of strippers at a manhattan uh strip club who Begin a scam to take advantage of the Wall Street dirtbags who walk through their door following the 2008 downturn. So, as always, we're going to begin with our general thoughts before moving into a spoiler section. Let us begin with our guest. Abby, what did you think of Hustlers?
1: I enjoyed
3: it. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun, and I was honestly kind of expecting it to be cheesy, so I think it surpassed my expectations. I will say I found it to be a little bit of... Um, have a little too much of like the fake Scorsese style, but that's like a bigger problem with like a lot of movies telling these stories in general. Like I think since, you know, what is like the eighties or nineties, there's just so many movies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was very annoyed by the fact that that uh I'm forgetting the character's name, but that, that um sort of more innocent blonde stripper was constantly throwing up.
1: Cause that's one of Cannibal. my pet peeves.
3: Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I just I hate that Um, I just
1: you don't like when people throw up.
3: I mean, well, I guess no one (laughs) likes it. But I just feel like so many movies now, it's just like something we'll do to get a cheap laugh. And I just think that that movie and most movies are above that. I think they can do something more original. But overall, I did think it was a lot of fun. Um, I appreciated um, the sort of surprising some of the soundtrack choices were really unexpected. And, of course, I loved seeing all of the sort of trashy, over-the-top stripper fashion.
0: All right. Michael Snydell, what did you think of Hustlers?
2: You know, I I liked it, but I wanted to like it more. Um, I, I think that, you know, like, y- y- you – it was weird. I actually asked this on Twitter. I was trying to think of, like, other great movies about strippers, you know, obviously besides Showgirls. And, First of um, all
0: – not strippers, showgirls. I, yes, but uh, Nomi they, is a
2: stripper. For they strip
0: in that movie. Yes, but I don't know also if you're does interested. Magic Mike not count? No, it does.
2: But the female strippers. I, I mean, Flashdance as well was something like can But it is, uh, it, it is like hustlers is very much at. the the kind of the forefront of actually telling the story in a, in a more modern way. Like this definitely does, it did remind me of the first magic Mike in the sense of it being a recession story and it being about, um, it's, but it wasn't really about empowerment in in the way that magic Mike came to be. Like XXL was all about, uh, the joy of, or, or the empowerment of these men performing for these women. And in like, they don't really Take that much like love in their performance in this movie, which I think is good. I, I kind of like how almost chilly most of it is. I, but what I think is like Abby, I think that I I, I got a little tired with some of the very Scorsese flourishes. It's real heavy on montage. There's a lot of slow motion, and I just think sometimes the rhythm got a little bit off. But I I think uh, I mean we haven't mentioned J Lo yet. I I think J Lo is doing just fantastic work here in not only her body language but in um, in playing just with the with the camera in a way that we haven't seen since you know I don't know the last time I can think of. Uh, a camera fixating was no, I was gonna say Lady Gaga in Star is born like that was the last like mm. iconic entrance I can think of, so yeah i I have more thoughts about it, and I think I feel a little bit weird how there's almost like limits to the empathy in this, specifically as it relates mm. to sex workers and some of the other characters. And um, I, weirdly, the last thing I'm going to ask, I'm curious, did anyone else read the, st- read the story this was based on?
3: Oh, I act- yeah, I read it. Did it really sit with spoil. you strangely? Wait, what did you say?
2: Did it sit with you strangely? Like, I found the tone very odd.
3: Yeah, it does have kind of a strange tone. But I did feel like it's also, a, it was also, like, super readable. Like, it's a real sort of page turner. So I think that partly like, comes from that sort of weird, like, slightly I guess it's a little bit of like a snarky tone or something um but I mean I enjoyed it it definitely seemed like you know a story sort of made to be adapted
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no I agree I just I was just curious wherever other people landed yeah. on
0: it yeah I, it's, um, it's just I, fascinating to I me. read the first half of it and I I think I might have felt a little bit of what you are talking about the strangeness of it
2: We'll get like a patronizing a little like, bit
0: yeah i don't know it's like i usually when i read uh an article that's like that that has like a first person component and is kind of more like it's not it's not an encyclopedia sure. um i i get weirded out when there's too much of the author's personality in it huh but i think that's just because I, I went to journalism school and i'm <laughs> sure like yeah. if it was a book, I'd be all about it. But for some reason, the fact that it was, it was like a, you know, in a, it was in a, in a news magazine. So I don't know. But
2: <laughs> They must teach different things at the Ivy
0: Leagues, I guess. <laughs> do, do you believe? Th- oh, oh, okay. I thought you were saying that I was in the Ivy Leagues. I was like, no, I want, no. You want to talk about my public education?
2: No, I was talking about Brown. Yeah. She, she, you know, if that's true. Uh, anyways, sorry. I was just, just a little tangent there. But yeah, those are my thoughts. Liked All it, right. wanted to like it better.
1: I think there's a lot there, though.
0: Okay, Bill Graham, what are your thoughts on Hustlers?
1: Yeah, this movie is fine. I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. It, I I was just listening to the Black Man Can't Jump in Hollywood podcast, and, of course, they ended up having uh, two, two females on their podcast to kind of talk about this. And, and they largely kind of said a lot of the things that I – I would kind of reiterate. Um, I'm not going to repeat them and kind of steal their thunder, but, um, I definitely feel like I wanted to enjoy this movie more than I ended up. Um, by the end, I was left a little cold. And I don't know. I, I just wish, uh, people would stay in contact with each other when they love each other. Um, <laughs> and, um, I feel like this movie definitely does a good job of just highlighting and showing that Jennifer Lopez is still like a superstar, even though two of my friends that I went to go see this movie with were like, she hasn't been in a movie in like, like a couple of years. Right. And I was like, Oh no, she's been in a lot of movies in the last few (laughs) years. (laughs) You just have no reason to have watched them.
3: I had the, um, the unfortunate of, um, the unfortunate um, assignment of reviewing second act for a timeout.
0: Oh, no. That was oh, terrible.
3: Lord. Oh, my gosh. And like, was, you know, she,
0: was that like, like this year or was that last year?
3: Oh, my God. I think it actually was like <laughs> this year, which I just can't even tell. It was It it did have some plot twists that were like so terrible. They were kind of funny. But yeah, definitely one of my worst of the year. So she was much, much better in this. Oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's yeah. good Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: World's better. She um, was apparently so yeah. in a TV show that ran from 2016 to 2018 called Shades of Blue. It was supposed to be
2: pretty good, actually. I, I've heard pretty good things about that.
0: Never, th- this is the problem with MTV. Check your sources, Michael.
1: Check your sources. I, it was on know.
2: network television.
1: It wasn't even a cable that, show. That's, so. <laughs> that's, that's even worse. The, the likelihood that that's terrible is even higher now.
0: <laughs> have I talked about the fact that, like, I saw, the tr- like, in, in the movie theater, the trailer for the Animal Kingdom TV show, no. and it's, like, in its fifth season or something, and I was like, <laughs> what is this show that I've never heard of that has been running for five seasons? Yeah. And then a friend is, of mine... Movie was good. The movie's good. I have never saw the movie, but a friend of mine, I texted her, and I was like, hey, what are you up to? And she's like, oh, I'm just binge-watching Animal Kingdom, and I was like, really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you talking about the network or are you talking about the tv show <laughs> please tell me this is the network <laughs> or animal planet That's animal animal K- yeah you're yeah, really planet.
0: like falling down with your references <laughs> <laughs> doing
1: all right? yes okay. I'm, I'm um anyways i'm gonna get through my review um i enjoyed this movie but i just wished i liked it more um i think there is some weird stuff with kind of uh I guess is, is some of the victims in this film. Um, and I don't know, like Jennifer Lopez is definitely a superstar. I already mentioned that, but I, I think it bears repeating. She is fantastic throughout this entire movie. I just wish they gave gave her more throughout to constantly kind of kind of hinge this film on. Um I feel like the way that it's set up, the way that it's execu- executed is a little odd and I feel like it doesn't pay itself off in that manner. Um it takes a lot to kind of balance those those the the style that they're choosing um i think there are some some directorial flourishes that i quite enjoyed particularly around uh julia styles character and like uh someone wearing a wire at one point but other than that i i don't know like it's it's one of those troubling things where this film came in with a lot of hype and I hate watching movies in that environment because I'm always trying to see if they live up to that. And that (laughs) sucks. Like that's not fair. It's, it's not the film's fault to live in that kind of reality. And so, yeah, I, I think this film is just largely fine. I, I think there's definitely some, some issues that we can kind of parse out and, and talk about, but um, yeah, I, it's, it just sucks that, this is one of those films that is going to be kind of a, a linchpin. And hopefully this is not something that, I mean, it made a lot of money. So clearly people wanted to go out and see this. So there's definitely an audience for these kind of movies. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed it, but I just wish I liked it more.
3: Well, I think also what you're saying, I think that's particularly a problem with movies directed by women is like whenever there's a big new movie directed by a woman, everybody sort of puts all of this these ideas onto it that it's going to be like the sort of be all and end all about conversations surrounding movies directed by women.
1: Not even just directed by women, but just largely starring a cast of women Yeah, and and, and not a bunch of white women either. Yeah. Um, You know, Lily Reinhart, bless her heart. But, uh, I don't think anybody went out to go see her in this film. Um, it was definitely about constant Wu and, and Jennifer Lopez. And yeah, so,
0: you don't think Hardy. Reinhardt Nation turned out for this movie?
1: Uh, you know, the Riverdale heads, uh, they they are strong and unfathomable, I imagine. But uh, <laughs> no, I don't know.
3: Yeah, but no one movie is going to be like the answer to our prayers mm-hmm. about women or race relations or anything. It's like and I feel like the conversation always gets a little bit. It can be a little too much at times. I'm
0: sorry. Did sure, you not yeah. even see Black Panther?
3: <laughs> oh
1: my
0: god <laughs> uh, what about green book i mean come on yeah yeah oh,
1: Jesus. okay
0: racism's all over. Right. No worries. So someone, someone pulled an
1: emergency brake.
0: love wins yes. um yes so my thoughts i i really enjoyed this movie i uh i think that there's some some issues here and there i think the uh i think so so this is the, so there's a couple of things that i can tie in from what y'all have said I do get the kind of scorsese light feeling from it. There's the, you know, Goodfellas, Casino Parallels, you know, even Wolf of Wall Street here and there. And that's that's fine with me. I, I like a lot of the flourishes that are put in. I like that it, it keeps it from just playing straight. And uh, I found it, you know, devilishly entertaining. I do think that it's a little... It's a little weird how much mileage they get out of the humor of guys being drugged, yeah, <laughs> but like <laughs> it you know it made me feel weird, and then I was like, you know, but you watch movies about people who like deal drugs and and sure. kill people, and you know you're super excited for the Irishman, which is about a man who quote unquote paints houses, which is another way of saying oh. murders people, so it's um. But I think a lot of times those aren't played for laughs like this. This movie, I enjoy the fact that it has the kind of tone that it does, because I think that it would if you placed a super serious drama into this world, it would play a little cheesy. And I think that this like bent of humor helps to keep things light and somehow more realistic, which is weird but it it does it does strike me as a little strange that we're just like ha uh that man is bleeding from the forehead
2: there is a surprising patina of realism to this that i wasn't i wasn't quite expecting as, as <laughs> weird as that is yet you know like there's not really that much like melodrama in, in this like you know even when things go wrong like it's it's very much just like you know the pieces have been set up. Like it, it, it's very rarely, um, I, not that I was necessarily expecting that, but it it is it does feel ripped from the headlines and not really even stranger than fiction in
0: a weird <laughs> way.
2: If that makes any sense,
0: right? It's like their their scheme is not so extreme that you'd be like, well, there's no possible way like this can be real. Sure, it's like no, you know, I feel like unfortunately a lot of people drink stuff that they don't realize is in their drinks all the time and get taken advantage of so that's a little that's a little weird it's a little hard for me to get totally on board with the the funniness of it but at the same time like you know i think that the movie does a good enough job of towards the end at least you know as as all of these movies must you know showing the human cost of what's being done and the the pain that the victims go through. Um but in general like you know I found all the I found all the the performances really fun. I found the relationship between Jennifer Lopez and Constance Wu to be actually really affecting. <laughs> I like got choked up during one of their reunions. I was <laughs> like oh like I I really bought into this friendship and I really want these people to be around each other because it's clear that they care about each other so much. I'm apparently always,
2: that friendship is a little bit of a fabrication which makes me really sad
0: <laughs> right apparently that's not in in the piece i've read that like you know, sure kind of, but like it's a it's a fucking movie you know we gotta <laughs> as as fun as it would be to just be like here's a bunch of people with no real relationship to each other who did crime together like you like to have that stronger bond in there and i think that you know especially with how they play it it's uh it's really it's really good and really impressive i was a little worried walking into this just because i'm like you know what are they gonna do with the whole stripper thing like are they gonna i don't want to say make a big deal about it but like are they gonna are they gonna portray it well and i you know from everything that i have known and seen uh, like the 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 interpersonal relationships between them are, are pretty pretty good i um if I speak with like some vague notion of authority regarding strip clubs and the operations they're in and the the way that the women interact with each other, it's because there was a six month period where I was writing something that had to do with a strip club. I didn't know what it was going to be, but oh I started going to a strip club in Southwest <laughs> Baltimore for with, research with is a, what you're no, saying. No, no, so this Ryan. is funny. Yeah. With a friend of mine, like once or twice a week because I needed to get interviews with these women and they would, you know, they wouldn't do it if I just wandered in and was like, "Hey, I'm interviewing people." So he and I would literally sit in the corner of the bar, do nothing, not really pay attention to anyone, drink randomly hand out like one dollar when a person would walk by and slowly but surely because he would go outside and smoke and i would stand with him through like bumming cigarettes offering lights and just being generally disinterested but fun and like kind people i interviewed like 20 girls over the course of like five months at the club outside of the club and I got all of this information from them that, unfortunately, like never came to anything. And every once in a while, I sit down with all my notes and I'm like, "What am I gonna do with this?" <laughs> you could have made could've... a movie, Brian. <clears throat> well, there was a point when I wrote a script, and Here my friend go. Uh, Dan Gavazin was gonna shoot it, and then he went and moved his ass to L.A. Mm. So that's annoying. But like, yeah, it was it was just weird because there was one night where my friends were like hey, we're going to a strip club. And I was like, have fun with that. They're like, what, you don't like strip clubs? I'm like, I've never been to a strip club. I will never be to a strip club. I have no interest in going to a strip club. Long story short, they somehow talked me into it.
1: That's the way those stories usually go.
0: Yeah, I think I might have already been a little drunk. But so I went there and I was like, I am deeply uncomfortable with this. I don't know where to look. I don't know what to How do. How much money this. did they take, Brian? How much money did they take for me? Like $12 because <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. I, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Also, this is me we're talking about. I am oh, ridiculously yikes. poor. Like, <laughs> So so I went there and I they, they being the assholes they are, Bought me a lap dance. And I had no, again, no fucking idea what to do through this entire experience. And I felt at the end of the night really depressed. And I felt bad for the girl. And then I was like, you know, maybe there's some part of my brain that's being rather like old world about this. Like she seemed like she was fine. Maybe it's just like my internal logic sensors that can't allow myself to believe that someone could go into this life willingly and like have a good time doing it. And so Mm -hmm. that was part of like my thought process was like, let's break down that. Let's see like the reasons people do this now. How much does a Southeast Baltimore strip club have in common with a strip club that's in Manhattan? (laughs) Probably not much, Mm -mm. but I do like the fact that this movie shows that like these people are in fact employable in other areas and like have ambition and hopes and dreams that go elsewhere. But that like, there is a certain time and a certain place where being a stripper is the logical thing to do to make a shit ton of money. Because it was just to, a job. Right. And to have some, Well, level of you, autonomy. you have
1: to, yeah, you have to have a population center for sure. Like, uh, doing it in Waxahachie, Texas, not, not exactly going to be rolling in it, but, uh, a place? Oh yes. Okay. It's, uh, 45 minutes away from Dallas. Um, oh. that's why I gave it. Uh, yeah. um, but yeah, living in the heart of New York City, um yeah, I can see the proximity to a lot of wealthy people. Uh, you know, being there. Um I will say it is weird that I don't know. I I don't want to I don't want to get on a high horse or anything, but I did find it odd that there wasn't a single woman that was in this strip club that was like a patron. That was yes.
0: They would say every once in a while that there were, but then I never really saw them.
1: Yeah, I thought that was a little odd because, I mean, even the one time that I've ever gone to a strip club, like I definitely saw women there, uh, whether they were just there with their boyfriends or, you know, solo, I don't know. But, you know, it was one of those things where it was just like, yeah, like a a woman is definitely going to go to a strip club at some point you know uh if they're interested in the opposite sex or even if or the same sex or even if they're not like sometimes that's just the way that you know people end up rolling into those places so i don't I, know I, I, I thought that was interesting
2: i do think in the context of the film they do want to make it very much a boys club yeah absolutely like, I, I, and i abby i'm curious yes. do you do you have any personal experience or did you have any opinion thoughts about like the filmmaking in the strip club or anything Um, along those lines
3: yeah well i really liked that they showed so much of like the sort of backstage and the sense of uh, camaraderie between the girls because like that's just something that i always sort of inherently find compelling because i feel like that even goes back to like you know 30s movies and like busby berkeley musicals and like that sort of like like pulling the curtain back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having that aspect was really valuable. I mean, I also like how it like leaned into, you know, just like the aesthetic of the strip club with the lights, the colors. It's fun. It's a nice,
1: um, very red.
3: It's yeah. It's a nice, uh, (laughs) counterpoint to like all of the grayness that we're seeing in a lot of movies Mm -hmm. now. Like I just, I feel like I'm so starved for color with watching new movies. (laughs) I'm just like, give me colors, give me lights. So I was glad that this delivered. Um, I haven't actually been to a strip club myself, so I can't say quite how accurate it was or anything, but, I you know it seemed it seemed like it did a pretty good job of depicting it and um I did love the use of uh, Fiona Apple's Criminal which I'm sure mm-hmm. everyone appreciated I mean who doesn't like that song honestly Yes yeah, yeah exactly
2: absolutely. <laughs> I want that bass heavy version of it I want to know yeah. how I get that
3: Yeah and it was a really fun like introduction like that that's the first time you see her and it's just like this sort of hyper hyper real thing you know like she's like this it's almost like she's some mirage or
0: something
1: you don't think that's that's constantly what happens when jennifer lopez enters the room i mean (laughs) it probably is yeah yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. i did like i did like you know the the fixation kind of on constance Wu's face during that scene where she's just like oh my god this is it (laughs) yeah
3: and i also like I thought one of the best scenes was, uh, when Jennifer Lopez was teaching her the moves. Cause I mm. love sort of the, like the inside baseball type thing of, uh, hearing like the names of all the different things. And it's like, oh, this is the like martini glass. And it's like, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, and I also saw something about how they had like an actual stripper who was like a consultant for them and like showed them a lot of the moves and helped them. So that's cool that they did that.
0: Yeah. yeah i um, I mean it definitely looks good (laughs) (laughs) i was so my mother you know i was talking to her i was like i gotta see this movie this weekend and she (laughs) said what movie and i said hustlers and she's like oh is that the one with uh uh, jennifer lopez in it and i said yeah how did you like hear about it because my mother doesn't really pay attention to movies she's like i was at the gym and they had like the today show or some bullshit on the tv and she was talking about like all of her training for this movie." and mm-hmm. how much effort it takes yeah. to do this stuff yeah. and i was like well yeah i know that because there was a point when i was you know at the the strip club that i was going to and i asked one of the girls i'm like how come no one here does really any pole work whatsoever like oh, okay. you all kind of wander around like you know mm-hmm. it, there's and you spin around but like you don't do any of the stuff that you see. And they're like, no one here gives a shit about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And- I was about to say, because, like, if you if you think about it, like, uh, apparently Lopez, like, spent, like, two and a half months or something like that training for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, no one is going to tip you more, I don't think, because... Like, you dance well. Like, right. a, a lot of and that it, is going to be situated around just simply your looks. Like, and it works at, it,
0: it, it, I think it works at a place like the club that they're doing in the city because a lot of those guys are there for the environment and the show and, like, the feeling that they can say, like, I'm not just here to do <laughs> I, I, whatever. I want
1: the, the magazine articles, yes.
0: Yeah. yeah, you know, they're like, I'm here because it's, like, a fun bar, but there's also, like, you know, this girl who's doing all this stuff and the place that i went to it was just a dark depressing <laughs> hole in the wall and there were no illusions whatsoever um and so they said well, like it's a it's a lot of fucking work and i watched her in this movie and i was just legitimately like i awe. Be, i feel like if my mom hadn't told me that she put all that effort in i'd be like oh this computer generated imagery is really great <laughs>
1: And, and it's, it's some real Spider-Man shit going yeah, it's on. it's some Matrix
0: <laughs> nonsense going on.
1: Yeah,
3: and then when you think that she's already has like a professional dance background that she had to do that much, you know, learning all these new things and like didn't just pick it up immediately. It really is like a specific skill set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: there, there's yeah. definitely like they they actually have competitions on like pole work and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I was following someone for a little while. I don't know if if... I stopped following them or they just stopped posting. I can't remember, but they were definitely like, like it, it was almost a form of gymnastics. The way that
0: was a real thing. Huh? Strip aerobics. Like it it was a thing. Like people would go to pole dancing classes because like, it's a full body workout.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. But like, like that's like a workout. What she was doing was like, there was like a 20 foot pole that she would like traverse up come back down like spin all the way around like and it was like scored like fucking gymnastics like it was it was definitely like a a whole thing um and it's it's pretty incredible like what they're able to actually do but because
0: at a a higher end club a girl will have her set playlist Mm. so like yeah she probably routine Yeah. yeah she probably does have her routine down and people there may actually like expect it and be like i can't wait for Ramona to come on and dance to Criminal, my favorite Fiona <laughs> Apple track. Which was another, this is another funny thing at the, the shithole that I went to. Um, they just put an iPod shuffle on. <laughs> and so There were so many times when the girl would go up there and like some bullshit, terrible song would come on. And she would roll her eyes and just be like, I'm not, I can't. And would just, like, spin around because she was just like, I can't even pretend to fucking work with this song. That's awesome. Yeah. Good times.
2: I do want to get back to the, the film a little bit. I, <laughs> I, I, think, I, I think that, you know, I, I think one of the most interesting balances and, and kind of contradictions here is, you know, as much as I was saying that they're not getting, you know, pleasure from, like, stripping and, and anything like that, you do get a few – you know really beautiful scenes like you know the love in this club when a certain are <laughs> we in spoilers uh
1: let's go let's go there soon yeah let's let's keep that in okay. the back pocket
2: all right now. when a cameo happens with someone a fantastic um cameo. yeah a fantastic yeah. cameo who has definitely been in a strip club before um he's got like yeah, three like songs when...
0: about it at least
1: <laughs> oh boy Right.
2: Had, anyway uh yeah when that happens and like th- there's like a tableau of all of the dancers mm-hmm. on the stage and it's just like it's just a wonderful shot and they actually returned to it in the the credits i don't know if you guys stayed for that mm-hmm. but i did i i did think it was really interesting i i, I, I and i think loreen Sca- scafari has talked about this is like she was very careful about not to bring a, a, you know, traditional male gaze into this. Like it doesn't shy away from the bodies. But I think the way that this is edited, I, I think the way that it, it fixates on, you know, uh you know, I think she actually said like, the neck up or something. I can't remember the exact thing she said. But um I, I do think the way that this the so-called stripping is shot in this is really is really interesting and like comes in like such direct you know um opposition to you know even how something like magic mike and magic mike xxl like framed these women so i i did just want to mention that because um i do think that is one thing that feels genuinely radical to me about this movie
0: Does everyone agree?
1: Yeah, no. I, I think I think there's definitely a different style of gaze. It's it's um, you know besides Lopez's kind of show showcase uh, set piece. Um, besides that, that film, this film definitely doesn't uh, hone in on her as much as a lot of other films that even feature her. Um, you know, throughout her career. Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, because a, no,
0: a lot of the. A lot of what we see in this movie are are like mid shots of like the two or three or four women together because a lot of what the movie is really trying to get across is like the bond that's forming and the kind mm-hmm. of camaraderie of their thing. I would say the most the most uh, stereotypical kind of like glam shot thing is the the shot that they do every time it's like oh my sisters are here <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and yeah. you just see like. The camera pans quickly, and then you've got the, like you know the I don't even know what to call like the the stoic hot face and like the <laughs> the, the synchronized stomping towards their mark. <laughs> they did that like two or three times, maybe more. And every time yeah. they did it, I cackled like a madman because I was just like, <laughs> it's like "Can a pack you imagine of Velociraptors being in coming to kill yeah. you? Why would <laughs> you, you think imagine? that this is normal?"
1: <laughs> yeah, can you imagine just being in a bar and, and yeah, A, being the person, uh, you know, their object of, of desire in that, in that scenario, but also like just being a bystander and just watching like three beautiful women like barge into a room and be like and just surround one guy and just be like what the fuck is going on right now
0: i'm not used to bars having that much open space that you could walk like yeah, one we, by, one and well, two you know I mean, in a straight let's, line let's
1: be honest the, it was definitely an upscale bar that they were probably at so yeah they weren't like holding their drinks hotel. above
0: their heads as they shimmied between people.
1: <laughs> yes
0: but yeah touches like that you know the the way that this movie puts across the energy more than the actual visuals of being in a place like that, mm. I think, um, I think really works in its favor. Cause like I said, there's a world where this movie gets made and it's a dark, I don't know, Steve McQueen esque kind of like <laughs> showgirls <laughs> visual nightmare. <laughs> Even, but like showgirls, but without the camp, you know, I, I picture okay. like, I don't know, uh, like the wrestler darren aronofsky doing this you know like just oh, handheld yikes. grainy camera oh there's uh, another stripper movie the wrestler yeah it's got a stripper yeah anyway um but no i i really like the way this, this did i kind of wish and i don't know if i'm the only who feels this way but destiny Constance Wu's character i sort of wish they'd pushed more of her characterization up to the front of the movie because for the first i don't know two acts she felt like a real cipher to me
1: yes
2: she she is does seem like kind of an un unusual lead to me not not necessarily in a bad way but i, I mean you know if you go anyone next to j lo is going to look a little bit ordinary dimmer if that's <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: the that lights like,
2: don't sense. shine quite as brightly sure, yes. but i think it, it it's interesting that they chose to have her be as as kind of reserved and a little bit a little bit dorky like I, I, I do have to say like at one point in my notes I did question I, I was wondering why um, why J-Lo's character would take Constance Wu under her wing
0: don't you mean like, into her fur Michael? <laughs> <laughs> into her fur yes into her chinchilla Sorry, I've been waiting all episode no, to reference that I
1: don't, I don't think hers is chinchilla I think the one that she gives is chinchilla oh um, yeah Oh my god, that scene is,
2: that scene's great. As much as whatever qualifications I have about this movie, there are a
0: few scenes in this. Do you mean their their first meeting scene up on the roof? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When, so, when, when, when uh, Jennifer Lopez opens up her massive fur coat, spreads her legs and says, like, come into my fur or something. Mm-hmm. I could just feel the gifts getting created. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, my screening everyone was like cheering. <laughs> yeah, like everybody was like woo. Yeah. Um and I kind of almost felt like Like, it was a fun scene, but it almost felt a little bit too self-conscious of that. (laughs) Like, it definitely felt very aware of its meme
1: potential.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, that's how this movie's gonna have legs. Yeah, Um, yeah. Come snuggle inside my
1: fur. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, um... Oh, crap, I can't remember what I was gonna say. Oh, the one regret that I have about this movie is that I went and saw it at, like, 10.15 on a Sunday morning. What are you doing, Brian? <laughs> I am a father. I don't have a lot of free time. So, like, I would have loved to have gone and seen this at, like, a boozy 8 p.m. Saturday screening. That's definitely when I saw it. <laughs> but I saw it with all the old people who, I guess, you know, were watching the Today Show and saw Jennifer Lopez and were like, oh, I'll check out her movie.
1: After, yeah, there's like, you deb-
0: know, 8 a.m. mess.
1: There was definitely uh, a section of Alamo, or Alamo has like a screening series that they do every now and then called rowdy screenings, where they basically are like, yeah, you can talk, you can text, you can be <sighs> fucking noisy. Wait, in they the encourage theater. you
3: to text.
1: I mean, they don't encourage that. What they're encouraging you to do is interact with the movie and oh, be. <sighs> oh,
3: i I would never. <laughs> I wouldn't want to go to one of but those. But it is <laughs>
1: definitely explicitly stated like this is a rowdy screen yeah. yeah. If, if that's what you're into. And yeah, they definitely usually those only last for like opening weekend or I think they've done a few where like after the the buzz has already built for a movie, they're like, Oh shit, like I, I think they did it for the last showman uh a couple you mean of the times. Greatest Showman, um, And some other movies like that where they were just like, oh, this is actually like a hit. OK. Because um, right, I maybe- feel like
0: you need to do the rowdy screening like two weeks into the run so that people who want to go and see it sure. again. You know, like I picture that being the screening of like Avengers Endgame where when Captain America is about to pick up Thor's hammer, everyone's like, yeah, Cap. And just starts clapping, mm-hmm. you know, not like yeah, deb-
1: stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway. I yeah. was imagining like Rocky Horror.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, people I mean people they definitely need to do have a concept well. of what's in the movie so they know what parts to be rowdy at.
1: Sure, sure. Or they can just get up and dance, I guess, to criminal. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, what was happening in that theater.
2: <laughs> this is a good time to mention that uh so I had a lot of old people as well. I, I went on <laughs> uh Friday night and um I, I want to mention that there is a, an old couple that stayed an hour and a half in until they saw a naked man and then were horrified <laughs> and left.
1: <laughs> that
0: that pushes the limits. Yep. Look, stripping, fine. Drug use, <laughs> fine. Drugs, you know, dosing people and stealing their money, fine. But if I have to see a dick, yeah, <laughs> a bridge dick too far, too. my
2: friend. Yep. Like, you guys know the scene I'm talking about. That's at least an hour and a half in, right? Yeah, oh, that's close to two hours in. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's like that's like Henry Hill seeing the helicopter into this movie. Like that's <laughs> – you can feel the end coming. Yeah. And they walked out. They didn't even want to know. They walked out, yeah. If yeah. the hustle ended well or not.
2: Oh, okay. We should go specifically into spoilers and probably get into if we have some – some misgivings about the the druggings or sex workers anything like that
0: oh i just before we get into spoilers i just want to sure. say i was so happy i had no idea she was in this movie i was so happy when it cut and i saw that julia Stiles was the journalist mm-hmm. yeah, i literally my, said my, my girlfriend loud, oh hey it's julia styles
1: my girlfriend told me that julia Stiles was in this movie before we went to go
0: see it and i was like
1: huh i've not seen her in any of those trailers
0: and you okay. like, spoilers it's jessica Jesus
1: <laughs> I
0: don't know your girlfriend's
1: name. Your fiance. Yeah, it's name. Erica. It's Erica. Yeah, and I did call her my my girlfriend again. Oh god, I'm gonna get murdered. <laughs> Anyways. Um yeah, let's let's jump into spoilers.
0: Ray and- spoilers. Ray. Uh Usher shows up at their club. <laughs> Since that's <laughs> and, the big one we've been as, tap dancing around.
1: As it naturally would, they go fucking bananas for that, so <laughs>
0: I was, when they, like, some girl busts into the back and is like, Usher's here! And I was like, I really hope Usher shows up in this movie. Like, (laughs) I hope that that's what we're building to. And he was, and I was super excited about it. (laughs) Um, He seemed to have a good time
1: making that, that cameo.
3: I think my favorite spoiler. I don't know if this is like something that would need a spoiler alert or what, but I was pleasantly surprised by the use of a Scott Walker song during like yes. their like their like weird like sexy scamming party, <laughs> and and I was like, okay, this is the last song I would have expected to be used here, but I I have to respect it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah,
0: that just, was that was one of my favorites too. <laughs> it's
3: very very extra.
1: <laughs> speaking
0: of yes. uh great songs the use of ragdoll after uh nana has told her so- story about frankie Valley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah that was cute
3: um yeah but i also i think it's interesting how like i feel like people are so obsessed with uh talking about ev- how saying everything is a scam now like I like I every time I open Twitter, I feel like people are talking about scammers, and like a lot of times people will use the word scam to describe something that doesn't even actually seem like a scam. So I'm wondering if like that makes um hustlers like particularly like zeitgeisty somehow. That's possible. But it's like I, yeah, it's like we're in the scam moment.
0: I am. Um, my issue is with even calling this a scam. So I walked yeah. into the movie. And I was like, all right, so they're scamming these guys. So I thought there'd be blackmail. <laughs> I thought there'd be like, you know, matchstick men style confidence games. And then they're just like, okay, so what we're going to do is. It's just highway robbery. <laughs> we're going to drug these guys and steal their shit. And I was like, oh, that's less a scam and more yeah, just. Yeah,
3: it's not as artful. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely it not very artful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And- And I feel like this movie leans heavily on Lopez's uh, kind of description of what they're doing in that like, oh, these guys are just jackasses and like they're stealing from the American public. So we're basically stealing back from them. And so there's no issue. There's no worries like like these guys all deserve it. Right. (laughs) And I feel like this film plays into that like it does a good job of giving us at least one kind of person to hook our, our like hat on and, and be like, well, this person doesn't seem to be quite what you're like, you know, targeting. And you definitely just mercilessly ran up his credit card and his corporate card, got him fired, like probably got him kicked out of his own home, all of these other things. And I feel like, This movie, it tries to say something very powerful about that kind of scenario. And I would have loved if they would have maybe, I don't know, like at a certain point there has to just be a body count, I guess. But it does feel unfortunate because it feels like Lopez's character is basically saying like, I know these guys are sleazeballs and here's how. Like, I've gotten to know them over time, so let's rip them off. But at a certain point, it just becomes like, yeah, but now you don't even know these people, and you're just hunting for a wedding band and, like, a nice watch and nice shoes Mm -hmm. with socks. Like, at, at some point, it Starts to become you don't even know these people, and you know just because they have are fairly wealthy doesn't necessarily mean that they are truly despicable, evil people that have this kind of coming to them. And I feel like this film doesn't doesn't do that enough, but tries to kind of pay lip service a little bit to that.
0: Well, the, um, the one of the first, <clears throat> so just as The Wolf of Wall Street had the. The, the, pen the blue scene. chips and the pink slips and all that oh, um yeah. this movie has a a moment up front where she's like you know there's three kinds of wall street guys there's the low level guy who like won't fuck anyone over and so he only has like so much money mm-hmm. and then there's the the kind of upper mid-level mid tier, yeah the mid-tier and he's you know pretty good you can still get a lot of money from him and then there's the i don't know CEOs. like ceos satan's best friend from college <laughs> who is just like this evil person who sits there throwing 100 dollar bills onto a couch and mm-hmm. comes in through the back door and stuff and um it seems as though once the once the the downturn hits they like collapse those three things and just assume that everyone is that that third guy mm-hmm. and i don't know that the that the movie ever grapples with that, that like their, their morality compresses and they lose all perspective.
3: I Mm -hmm. mean, I felt like it seemed to me like the movie kind of went out of its way to just have all the male characters be very underdeveloped, which on the one hand, I guess is sort of an interesting choice because like, sure we could use more movies with more women characters. And I love the idea of a movie that's like all women and emphasizing women. But on the other hand, it's like, I'm just thinking, like, with, a, uh, for example, like, uh, with Constance Wooze, like, with her
1: boyfriend, boyfriend?
3: who Jesus. was, like, such a non-entity. And it's, like, yeah. when she got pregnant, I was just, like, wait, we have, like, has this guy even said, like, one word? And it's, like, I get that he's supposed to just be, like, a stupid, like, scumbaggy guy. But still, it's, like, on some level, it's just, like, w- makes the movie, like... It, it's like you need something more to anchor you within these like personal stories. Well, that's the,
0: that's yeah. the, like, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I kept <laughs> expecting that she would marry, what's his name? Kevin, nice guy who got her a computer. <laughs> uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. um, instead it's like, she's at this pool party, meets this guy who looks like he's a member of a rap rock band, Crazy Town. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then they're suddenly like pregnant. He is a rapper. Is he? He is actually a rapper. G-Eazy. Yeah.
1: Is, is that confirmed that that's who that is?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's Johnny. Look at that. He He's billed as Gerald Earl Gilliam. Gilliam. Yeah, it's, it's something. Okay, well glad that I was able to <laughs> pin his, his, his actual type career. <laughs> oh boy. But I was just looking at him I'm like, I the, and this is, goes into what I had said earlier about I wish that her character had been less of a cipher early on. I was like, I don't understand. She's living, you know, not the craziest penthouse lifestyle that Ramona is, but she's got a fair amount of money. Why is she hanging out with, like, this Bayonne, New Jersey trash? <laughs> apologies to Bayonne, New Jersey. Um, <laughs> like, I just, I didn't understand it. I, I was so confused because I thought it was like, oh, she's going to have a fling with this guy. And then he just kept being in the background. And then... Uh-huh. I don't even know what they fought about to break up. And I was just like, what is her character? I don't, she cares about her grandmother. So I thought she was like, first going to be posited as like, oh, here's this poor girl who can't make ends meet. And this is the best way to, for her to make money. But then she just like makes the mistake of being with this, this scumbag man. And I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. And we finally get some information about her. And um, the way that her parents were later on. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know, I, I'm curious what you all felt, you know, with Abby, Michael, Bill, like, did did you feel like it was supposed to be a reveal that her background was so messed up? Or would you two have preferred that that just got pushed up a little bit? Um, I mean, I kind of felt
3: like it was pretty strongly hinted at from the beginning. Like, as soon as you saw that her, like, grandmother was the only, you know, was her, like, sort of go-to person, you sort of assumed something's up. So it didn't really feel like, it didn't feel like that much of a dramatic reveal to me. And then once it happened, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So, you know, you've got this sad background, which I guess is, like, a lot of, you know, it's, like, something that you might expect to see in that kind of story. But, mm-hmm. like, not necessarily, but it's, like, I guess it does, like, sort of, I mean, even if it's real, it does, like, play into certain, like, societal
1: things. Stereotypes.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. For sure. <clears throat> I, um, yeah, and I was, like, I don't know if I'm supposed to put this much stock into it, but then they have, like, the the cutaway to her mom's car driving away. Sure. And her, like, crying when she thinks about it, and I'm, like, I don't know if this is characterization that would help me earlier on when she was mm-hmm. dating g easy or if this would just help to confuse me more
1: you you're so uncomfortable saying his name i, I couldn't figure it. out
0: if it was g easy or if it should be Geezy or...
1: yeah it's g easy
0: easy someone else i know there's, uh, yeah, there's oh, also speaking G-Z. of speaking of me being woefully uneducated on present-day pop stars <laughs> um in our slack channel someone said that it was distracting that uh cardi b and lizzo mm-hmm. were, were I'm do sorry, you not know what?
1: who they who they are
0: right they were like it was kind of distracting you could remove them from the movie and it wouldn't matter i you know it was weird that they were there but they weren't there that long and i was legitimately reading that on my phone i was like what the fuck are they talking
2: about <laughs> I, yeah. lizzo is the one with the flute it's lizzo
1: Lizzo is it Lizzo Lizzo. oh yeah it's definitely uh, uh, she says her name in like
0: (laughs) all of her songs so that's right she's the Jason Uh, Derulo of flute players
1: (laughs) she she is the more heavy set uh black lady in this movie yeah and then Cardi B is the one with the ridiculous accent that helps Jennifer Lopez show Constance
0: Wu how to do a lap dance yeah work the cock not the clock no, drain the clock, no. not the cock. that's, it. And that's a vibrator <laughs> joke as
1: well. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that's a play on Bacardi. So, yeah. I th- I found that out yesterday. <laughs> Driving back from the movie, my girlfriend was like, no, Beyonce was like, yeah, that's a play
0: on Bacardi. And I was like, oh, Because instead of is. Bacardi, it's Cardi B.
1: Yes, absolutely. Wow.
0: My mind just got blown.
1: <laughs> um, it's yeah, like when you anyways, realize
0: that the fedex logo makes an arrow you'll just never be able to look at it again
1: absolutely but i, I think you know like cardi b at least like her background is specifically as like a yes. a stripper so that kind of makes sense that she's even in this film now, um, her she, whole
2: ethos is like this movie she honestly. did this
0: right <laughs> like this like she was a part yes of one of like these- she 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 has openly talked
1: about how she used to drug guys and rip them off, basically, yeah. um, which is probably a uh, was uh, to the point of statute of limitations by now. Um, but also probably something that, like this movie, kind of posits is going to be just something that a detective is just going to hang up on. And just be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. Like, good luck with that, buddy. Like, I don't I don't want to try and like research this and figure out if you were like taken advantage of at a strip club. Like (laughs) which is uh you know, it's one of those double standards that definitely exists in our society where where we possibly are like, yeah, this movie's empowering and it's sexy and it's fun. And if this was a role reversal, None of those things would likely be said, <laughs> but uh you know, guys like the male males in our society get away with so much shit that I I don't feel that bad for yeah, for I don't, I my my, my own my own gender. <laughs> like I, eh, we can all rot in hell. Okay, whatever. Well, <laughs> like,
0: uh, I'm gonna let Bill stand alone on that one. I'd prefer that I not rot in hell. <laughs> put a lot of time into making sure can't. that i don't do that
2: <laughs> i i do want to bill i i do want to transition a little bit uh, into uh, related to what you said i mean i don't know i found i i found it uh, like i i can't help but going back to this line i really like where um where constance was talking to julia styles character um sorry i'll just bring up characters where elizabeth is talking to destiny and and destiny says something along the lines of i'm not used to people believing me and i found it a really powerful line mm. and it's something that i keep coming back to um and and i think that there is something really cool throughout this movie that you know by giving these women a spotlight even if they're doing dubious things like it really is giving them an autonomy that they usually don't get on screen But I did admittedly find it pretty weird then when the the way this movie views drug addicts, the way this movie views sex workers, like it it felt really, really odd to me. And I guess that is partly the character's perspective, not necessarily the movie's perspective, but it was almost like this movie – Is extending such empathy uh you know to like this easily marginalized part of society. But then like, let's go for the easy pot shots with like the Dawn character. Or Mm -hmm. is it Dawn? Yeah. With Dawn. Yeah. And and I guess to extend this even further to just the men characters, I think it was like you know, when they did go for that lack of characterization, it was weird because I almost thought like the rest of the movie was so good that like not having that did feel a little bit like easy. Like there's just some easy targets throughout this movie that I just don't really know why it goes there. And and maybe that goes as well into just the way that some things are played as a joke. Um so I'm I'm just curious whether it, you guys um, I felt anything about in, any of that
3: i i agree i mean i think there's definitely it definitely sort of has like a little bit of that like uh uh what is it like it's almost a slightly like girl boss like neoliberal <laughs> thing going on where it's like you know like yes like slay and all this stuff that's like now been like sort of commoditized Um, with, like, yeah, these women are doing these terrible things, but they're, like, cool, hot women, so it's fun now. Um, And that's something that, you know, I always sort of grapple with in movies I like since I write about erotic thrillers, so I've got a lot of mixed feelings about that whole thing. (laughs) But um, I do kind of think, especially these days, it's, like, that stuff gets so, like, instantly memed, and it sort of gets, like, people don't necessarily really give it a closer look or consider like the implications of like, you know, the system these women are working under. They don't consider They sort of like treat the men as though they're all like this one faceless entity, Um, things like that. So, I mean, even though I mostly enjoyed the movie, it certainly wasn't the most uh, nuanced uh, social depiction.
0: Yeah. And like the one good guy, they like bleep out his last name as though it's like, he's like the only victim that matters. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Which is a little weird. Um, it, it, found, it's just like easy. I, I yeah. I, I don't know. I found um, some of the way that they talked about like Dawn, and then that the other woman who they didn't work with, who was like it was older, like snorting, I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. like smoking yeah. coke in a in a food court. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I found that a little weird because honestly, there was a point during the movie. And again, my experience and, and the women that I interviewed are a very different batch than the people who would probably be working in a Manhattan strip club. But I was like, well, there's a shockingly small amount of drug use in this movie, um, mm-hmm. even just like from a perspective of just young people with a lot of money. Um, sure. And before you even get into, like, the the work that they're doing and the environment that they're in. Recreational. Right, which maybe I was like, you know, I, I thought like, well maybe maybe they don't. Like maybe they are the level the, of the professional worst. that's like, yeah, I the, don't I don't want or need to do drugs, I've seen people destroyed like that. But then it felt weird for the movie to bring in Dawn and have her play this like twitchy kinda yeah. like what's the word I'm looking for? Comedic foil? Yeah. It just it felt really strange to me, especially just because uh again i I know and have met people like that, and um it's usually not fun, it's usually not funny, you know, mm-hmm. even if it begins that way like uh
1: the... it's it yeah m- maybe it's funny to observe them, it is not funny to know them
0: right right to, and so that's to interact true. with
1: them so that's the point. problem
0: I think is that the movie seems to withhold its empathy for certain people, and she kind of feels like one of them. Yeah. I also think that she's a strange character in this movie because Lily Reinhardt's character uh, so so Constance Wu leaves and then Ramona picks up Annabelle and like, yeah. you know, helps her out and they kind of bond. And then Constance Wu's character, Destiny, comes back and has like no issues with Annabelle, which I thought is what they were gonna set up, but then Dawn shows up and she has issues with Dawn. And it just felt weird that, like, somehow Annabelle, who was brought into this group, like, escaped her wrath or her envy. But Dawn, for, and, and also that Ramona treated Dawn the way she did. Because it, it was sort of like, I feel as though up to this point, Ramona has had better She's savvy, yes, yeah. And so it, it kind of felt, that folded in with my, like, oh I don't know if I like the way that this this like struggling young addict is being treated in this movie. But I think again, that that's one of the, that if you're, if you're jibing on the level of this movie is mostly like a farcical kind of comedy. It's the kind of movie where two people attempt to make a mixture of ketamine and MDMA. And then they decide to test it out by tasting it. (laughs) Like it's some sort of icing. And then the movie cuts to them waking up on a kitchen floor. So, like, mm-hmm. there's some level of unreality going on here. Sure. But it, between between the strangeness of the narrative being like, okay, so, you know, she's great with Annabelle, but Dawn is, like, weird. And for whatever reason, Ramona is able to fold Annabelle more easily into this group without alienating Destiny. than she is Dawn, and now Dawn is an issue. And when Dawn gets caught, she's going to, like, fold like a lawn chair. Mm-hmm. It was strange. It was a little weird.
1: I I don't remember Annabelle's issues. To be honest with you, I know she got kicked she out of her uh, her home because you know she told her parents that she was uh, a stripper.
0: Well, that's the weird part is that she she didn't get kicked out of her home and then become a stripper. She decided to become a stripper and then got kicked out of her home.
1: Why is that weird?
0: I don't know. It's just like it seems like, and I, I don't mean weird in a bad way, but in most movies, it'd be like, well, you know, I came out as bisexual or lesbian and my parents kicked me out and so now I'm stripping to pay the rent. And she just gotcha. was like, completely independent of any other hardship in my life, I realized I could make a lot of money stripping. Mm-hmm. And my parents were deeply unhappy about it.
1: Mm-hmm. And and I hadn't already moved out at that point. Like, that yeah. that also seems a little odd. Like... Why? Why are you making all of this money if not to move out of your parents' Well, place? unfortunately,
0: she was post crash, so I don't think she was making as much money. As oh, parents.
1: that's right. That's right.
0: Yeah. It is. Um, okay. that is a real thing, though, is that you know, you know, a lot of people will strip and never tell a single soul. Sure. So there's there's definitely a level
1: of embarrassment to that. Um, yeah. you know, um, although as Lopez points out at one point, like. Take these ones. Like they're they're <laughs> legit currency. Like <laughs> ring me up.
0: Yeah, ring me up. That was a good scene.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: I, wait, Brian, I, I have to ask, as someone who did do so much research, is there something you feel like is missing from this portrait that you feel like uh was pretty pervasive in the people that you were talking to or interviewed?
0: So again, the Shit, the place I, that I was going sure. to was a very different place. I feel like this, I'm just curious th- there's a level of class stratification that this movie doesn't get into mm-hmm. um for instance, there are the girls who are like, "I am here to put myself through school or because this is the period in my life when I can make money doing this
1: mm-hmm.
0: sure, and then there are the girls who are. This is the only thing that they can do. I don't I don't want to make that sound like too terrible, but they've clearly come here in a sense of being like, well, you know, you got to make money somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and I then, can do this. Yeah. and And then there's, you know, even within that, there's the ones who kind of take pride in their work. And then there's the ones who like seem to not give a shit at all. And the different people that these people attract. So like without using any names, uh, there was one girl who told everyone that she was putting herself through nursing school and, you know, that this wasn't what she was going to do forever. And she was actually lying to appear to be like the girls who were actually doing that because she realized guys would give her more money. <laughs> then there's a girl who was actually putting herself through some form of school who really, really, really glammed up. Like, was a clear i don't know like top of the heap diamond in the rough kind of thing of this place and she made a shit ton of money (laughs) one of the things this movie does really well is it shows the relationships that these women will make with like regulars Mm -hmm. so she's i i met her at a coffee shop one day and i was like so we've we've obviously talked a lot i want to ask about like the men like what do you like do you aside from like the dollar bills and the money for the lap dances and stuff you know what other stuff have you gotten and she was like a man pays for my cell phone these diamond earrings i got from one of the guys you know and then she was like a guy came up and gave me a coach bag like brought it to the club and i looked at it and said i hate coach like bring me some other brand and she said the next day he came in with the one that she asked for (laughs) <laughs> but then there's the other ones who are are just not doing well and you know are are getting some money but not a lot and it seems to primarily be a way for them to meet men who are willing to give them drugs
1: mm-hmm.
0: and um one of those people i was supposed to meet for lunch and she never showed up and i showed up at the club and i was like hey like you know has anyone heard from blank she was supposed to meet me at like, this restaurant by her house and she never did and they're like oh she's probably like strung out or something like she's supposed to work tonight she never showed up and then like two days later it turned out that she was like in the hospital on a heroin overdose and that's why she didn't make it to our interview Wow. Well, so like it like turns pretty harrowing. yeah it's a, uh, it's you know so like some of these people are like doing great and everything's great and they're here and they're like yeah it's like i make a shit ton of money i work three days a week and i make more than i would if i worked every day at starbucks and
1: with that probably comes a lot of power in the sense that they are able to push off creeps and things of that nature where they're just like yeah no i don't i don't want to deal with you so i'm gonna get this big ass dude to throw you out of the club or just you know generally like Hey, everybody just like, let's not have this guy around anymore or well, the sp- other things thing like, that. like that. Like, like they're able to throw around their weight because they probably also bring in a lot of money to the club itself. Because like, like they mention in this film, well, the club and I really thought doesn't was, give
0: a shit about you. Sure. Um, uh, I mean, so
1: that's this film posits that maybe the club has an interactive process or right a, well they these transactional that deal because process. of the
0: economic downturn but like the yes. the most most strip clubs you are operating as like not even an independent contractor you have to pay to be on that stage
1: Sure. And, and they definitely and they, mentioned like some of that when Constance Wu is first like getting, getting hustled for all of her money Yeah, where they're basically like, do you want to work in the back room? Like, do you want the VIP room? Do you want good music? Like Jennifer Lopez definitely like hands one guy, like, I don't know, 200 bucks at, or the DJ, 200 bucks. And is just like, give me a good song.
0: Yeah. I will say <laughs> that, just that like, the, um, Yeah, I can do that. I will say that I I, Jennifer Lopez sort of reminded me of one of the women that I interviewed the most because much like Jennifer Lopez, she was like very clear eyed about what she was doing. And she also had a child and she was one of the first people to like agree to openly talk to me. And she helped me to convince some of the less together women who worked at the club that I wasn't going to treat them poorly. Um And she was talking about the fact that, like, it's great hours if you're a mom. Yeah. You know, in the middle of the day, you got to take your kids to school. You got to do stuff. But if they're asleep, you know, a couple blocks away and they're old enough, or like, if you can convince your your mother to just spend the night at your house. You know, no, you're not going to have to pay anyone to spend, you know, the hours of 10 to 4 because, you know, usually it's just like, I just need someone to sleep in my house right now. You know, I'm not taking them away from anything. Mm hmm. And she was she was one of the people who kind of first introduced me to like the stratification. She's like, there's people who are gonna be here forever. There's people who are gonna be here for like the summer. And then there's the people who are gonna be here until they die, which will not be that far from today. Mm-hmm. So it's um. But again, like it's the place that I was at was not great. So I don't know how much of what I knew there is applicable to some place like Scores or the Hustler Club.
1: I'm sure it's one of those things where it just scales up or down based on the nicety of the place, right? Yeah, so it was it's, weird You're going like, to have more people rolling in money at yeah. a nicer place and less people kind of down and out because they'll just eventually get flushed out of the system.
0: Yeah, so that was the weird thing. It was like I, I was kind of curious of like, you know, do I look at a place like the place I used to go to as the Farm League? You know, is like, okay, <laughs> if you can make it here, you can go up a level, up a level. Sure. Or if it's, it's just a microcosm because I was like, you know, none of the, again, none of the people in the movies seem to be struggling with a drug addiction except for Dawn who gets treated poorly for it. And, uh, they all seem to be kind of having one another's backs, which, um, was not 100% the case where I was at, hmm. yeah. but in general, I found, I found it to be, you know, an empathetic portrait that doesn't lionize them, but also doesn't like ghettoize them like I initially did in my head, which is why I forced myself to do that ridiculous thing anyway. Mm-hmm. It was a weird period in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my friends, friends were like, "You're looking rough," and I was like, "I was out until 4 a.m. last night." I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, did you have fun? I was like, "No, it was terrible."
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <sighs> I, I mean, I appreciate you. I mean, this is this was your moment. Now, now you got to use all of that material for
0: the hustlers podcast yeah oh yeah. i'm
1: sure he didn't go through all of it.
0: it i did not there's i have so many stories i uh, sure many of them are 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 deeply depressing some of them are really funny and uh some of them i can't say just because uh i i still know people from there and i don't want to blow up their spot sure <laughs> yeah but no i think you know michael you were talking about like movies about strippers and i think that they're you know there's a I don't, we have like this weird thing in our society about, you know, women who are in even like, uh, you know, sex work adjacent trades like stripping. Sure. And um, I'm glad that this movie, you know, took the tone that it did and just kind of made it seem like a job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a punishment. It wasn't something that these people were rising above. It's something that they entered into willingly and uh, tried to do well at. And, uh, you know, they, sure. they Wolf of Wall Streeted it towards the end with some ketamine. But other than
1: that, I am. have to say, wait,
0: yeah, oh, please go ahead. I
3: don't mean to cut you off, but in terms of cinematic strip clubs, I personally always want to see more strip clubs in movies like the one in Flashdance, where it's just like these super arty tableaus that aren't yes. even really stripping. <laughs> Why aren't more cinematic strip clubs like that? <laughs> it's like. It's like performance art, and I don't know. I guess it, I guess maybe that was a thing in like the early '80s, or maybe that was just certain clubs trying to be classy. But I do kind of love that, even though it's not a great film.
0: <laughs> um, There's I a, a lot of ask arty you, Abby, about, about um, yes. Uh, can you like was was Constance Wu's hairstyle a <laughs> a choice that seemed fashionably correct for the time period?
3: Um, well, you know, it's weird, because she had those like really skinny eyebrows, which felt kind of more 90s to me. And then like the bangs, I mean, I do think that like bangs were pretty popular in like mid 2000s ish, but they weren't the most flattering length for her. Um, And I also kind of feel like with stripper fashion, a lot of it is kind of like, it sort of has like that sort of nineties over the top Adriana from the Sopranos vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think the movie like got like that aspect of it. But, um, in terms of the hair and the eyebrows, I mean, I'm not like a hundred percent sure, but yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, those bangs, jeez. They were extreme <laughs> and slightly distracting. And I was like, there's going to be a makeover, right? Like, <laughs> Ramona's going to at some point say, Jesus Christ, your bangs. <laughs> uh,
3: I also, I have to say, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of um, Jennifer Lopez's, like, what was it, like, one of those, like, rhinestone, like, chin piercing thing that she had?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. Yeah, she had, like, the Monroe beneath her lip.
3: Yeah, because usually when I've seen those, it's, like, near, like, above your mouth more. Yeah. And I was, like,
0: The piercing is literally called a Monroe. It's supposed to emulate Marilyn Monroe's booty mark. I don't know what you call it when it's, like, down by your chin, though. That was weird.
3: Yeah, no. I mean, maybe that was something the actual stripper had, but I was, like, I mean, I guess... It looked better on her than it would on most people, but I found it kind of distracting.
0: <laughs> I was like, yeah, she's pulling this off, but I don't know that it's adding anything. Yeah. I will, um, yeah. Since we're yeah, talking please about... Please do not
1: emulate her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> since we're talking about fashion and stuff, I want to say that her in that, in the scene where she goes to the ATM and then gets like got by the cops, <laughs> that outfit... And that song, Joyce, together, I could just watch her walking, you know, vaguely slow motion down the street <laughs> on a loop with that song playing. That was great. The
2: Jenny yeah. from the Block homage?
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. With, like, what, leather pants and, like, a velour, half, like, hooded, like, crop top? I don't even know what to call it. Yep. Oh, that's oh. going
2: to get mean to hell,
1: isn't it? <laughs> As well.
0: Oh, and I, I think have. It to-
1: even says princess on it. <laughs>
3: Did it say
1: Juicy. I'm sorry. Abby, I have to ahead.
3: say, uh, one sort of small fashion detail I really liked was, um, at one point, when a Constance Wu's character has a job interview for like a retail job. And you can see that she's wearing these shoes that are like way, way, way too high, like these super stilettos. (laughs) And I thought there was something kind of sweet about that, this idea that she's like, you know, she's wearing a job interview outfit, but the shoes are still almost a little bit like what we might think of as stripper shoes. And I thought in terms of the fashion, there was like a lot of stuff with it being like how they sort of present themselves as being members of certain classes and the sort of um consumerist fantasies of trying to be one class group versus another. That was kind of interesting.
0: Their, mm-hmm. Yeah, even their high class styles still had a an edge to them.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Much like uh, Constance Wu's boyfriend tipped her off as not being from the social strata that she seemed to want to live in, oftentimes their outfits would do the same. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's actually, so that's, this is, this is a funny and short story. Uh, my friend and I were sitting at the bar and we were like, I wonder where they get these clothes. Like, uh, you know, there must be a shop somewhere. They go on the internet. Um, and then a guy walked in <laughs> holding a catalog, started talking to some of the girls and he sits down next to us. I'm like, Hey man, what's, what's with the, like, what are you doing here? And he said, Oh, I'm a, uh, you know, whatever the hell his name was. And he's like, I, uh, I sell, you know, stripper clothing. And I was like, what do you mean you sell stripper clothing? He's like, these <laughs> girls don't want to get this shit sent to their houses. They, you know, when they're at home, they don't want to be thinking about the job they're doing. Have a friend walk by while they're on their phone looking for 18-inch heels or whatever. So I come here, spend five minutes with them, see if they need anything new. And then I, you know, get this shit delivered and I bring it over to them. And I was hmm. like, that's your whole ass job? And he's like, yeah, man, it's a great living. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet.
1: Yeah, it's, it's into probably that. It's probably a fucking cash business too. <laughs> like
0: Jesus. Can you imagine?
1: Michael, yeah, that's a great I-
0: question. I don't know how he got into that. I don't know how the guy who So this is this is another talking about scams, talking about griffs. There was a guy who at a certain point every night would come in with a shit ton of roses.
1: Mhm.
0: And he would like you know, cuz a, a a girl a girl would at some point like pair up with a, a guy that she was planning on trying to to get a dance from because that's where the money is and this guy would walk up and say you know do you want to get a rose for the pretty lady and the guy would be like kind of stuck because he wants this girl yep. to like him and so he'd uh pay 20 fucking dollars for a rose <laughs> and i guess that they they would kick money to the girls and stuff i was just like what's the rose economy like here Who is this man who at one o'clock in the morning is like, honey, I'll be back in half an hour. I got to go sell roses at the strip club and make like three grand and then be back. Yeah, pretty much (laughs) good times. So are there any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap it up for the day? Abby, I know you had, you
2: were trying to say something.
3: Oh, I think I was just talking about, you know, the clothes and stuff. Oh, one fashion detail I loved was, um, her choker necklace at one point that just said sexy in like giant <laughs> letters. Like I love the explicitness of the fashion. It's like, you're not only going to be wearing a sexy outfit, you're going to be wearing a necklace that says sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also I was looking up the costume designers, uh, like his resume and IMDB. And apparently he also did the costumes for eighth grade. So he really, he definitely has range
0: there is some range, yeah. yeah.
3: So it's like I I respect that. It's like you couldn't get more more the opposite. I would hope. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: I think um, they also did late night as well.
3: Yeah, which I found to be kind of a disappointing, maybe. But <laughs> oh, is that the one with um,
2: I, Emma Thompson and uh, Mindy Kaling? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's the one. I did not see that. Yeah, A that's that's lot care. of people
1: didn't see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wasn't that big out of Sundance? Oh, yikes. Uh,
1: yes, it was a big purchase by Amazon, if I'm not mistaken, and a big like uh, push, and that movie did not do well. Um, you never buy
0: anything at Sundance. The high altitude mm-hmm. makes you crazy. <laughs> oh.
3: Well, another thing about this movie, about Hustlers, is like, I feel like Hustlers is a fairly generic name for a movie. And wasn't there also a movie earlier this year that was like called like just the hustle. Yes. yes really bad. And then there's like, I mean, there've been movies called like hustle <sighs> and hustler and all that. Like in, you know, in the past, like, so I don't know. Yeah.
0: There's hustle yeah. and flow. There's American. Hustler, yeah. There's the yeah. hustle. Then there's hustlers.
3: Yeah. There's too, too many. I mean, I guess, at the end of the day, everything in life is a is in fact a hustle. But
0: uh, as Jennifer just, Lopez says, yes, yes, and you know there's the people throwing the money and the people dancing. at yeah. this one big strip club. Yeah, that was uh, a I bit think, of a hat uh, on a
1: hat. The, I feel. The, yeah <laughs> the the name I think more than likely comes from the uh, New York magazine article title, which is called "The Hustlers at
0: Scores." So yeah. that's which probably is weird because they also scored at hustlers you know like you could have gone both ways hey. but there's also hey. there's also called the score so you can't do that yeah <laughs> oh man all right what are you what's your problem michael there's also you the also gotta watch score. your you also there's, gotta watch your fico scores after after leaving scores so <laughs> that's true um so very quickly let's let's play the does the dog die.com game yes this, <laughs> this of course is the 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 crowdsourced uh, emotional spoilers website that helps people decide if there's going to be anything in the movie that's going to upset them. <laughs> so the game here, Abby yes. is to predict what the people who come to does the dog die.com say about this movie. And spoiler, so, they are, <clears throat> like
1: ridiculously good like they are they go above and beyond the call of duty right so in, you may think
0: no at first but really really think about it and see if there's oh. any so, so <laughs> well, wouldn't,
3: pe- wouldn't people not like it because of the fur
0: well let's uh let's let's see uh, oh. the first question is <laughs> does the dog die yes or no
3: well there is the dog but wait it doesn't die
0: yeah so they yes it means. does or no, yeah, no so they did say no the dog does not die okay
3: okay yeah. i was like wait am i remembering this
0: yeah I, I yeah was
3: i was like oh yeah there's a cute little dog so that dog lives
1: yes. yeah that chihuahua definitely had cross eyes though i i think it was not long for
0: this life <laughs> yeah i might have not been taking the best care of it right when she said i take this dog with be everywhere i'm like is that a great idea
1: <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: now here's uh, here's one that uh you know takes time to think about are there anxiety attacks in this movie
1: uh
0: yes because she
1: throws up constantly yeah
0: michael do you agree
1: yeah
2: i was gonna say constance Wu seems to have some anxiety attacks
0: the answer is yes there are anxiety attacks and the top comment says maybe not anxiety attacks but every time one of the girls gets stressed out she vomits we go There you go. Are there strobe effects? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh the entire Usher sequence. Yeah,
3: it wouldn't be a strip club <laughs> maybe without it.
2: Yeah.
0: Are there incestuous relationships?
1: Um well <laughs> I mean there is it, it's there's, implied that they're sisters.
3: Yeah, right? I was about to say there's perversion of the sisterhood. <laughs> but only, only on a metaphorical level.
0: So oh man! The, the people at doesthedogdie.com dot com said no, but there is a comment, it says a man asked Annabelle if she likes the idea of them being brother and sister after she tries to get him back off by saying he oh, looks like that's a brother. Right? She oh, does state <laughs> that she doesn't like it.
1: <laughs> Again, this this site is just goes above and beyond. Oh, it's great. Now here it's 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 almost like they go go see the movie come back yeah read, read the art or read the questions and then go see it
0: again to then like <laughs> take notes sure. <laughs> yeah here's another one does a parent die oh uh well i mean
1: it, I, does a grandparent count as a parent i'm not sure billy
0: what you gotta ask yourself is do the people who go to does the dog die.com <laughs> these questions think that that uh. counts as a parent I'm well, going to say they're pedantic. There's a lot of
3: absent absent parents, which I guess could be the same thing in a way.
0: But are they dead?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. We don't know. We don't know. Um, I'm going to say, yes, the grandma dies, although that's not strictly a direct blood. No, it's a direct blood, but it is not strictly a parent relationship.
0: So Abby says no. Bill says yes. Michael Snydell
1: I say no.
0: All right. Does the dog die? com says no. A grandmother dies. There is a funeral for her. <laughs> yeah. Now it's everyone's favorite question: the syntactical nightmare. Does it <laughs> not have a happy ending?
3: Hmm. <laughs> this is the. Not- <laughs> I mean, but, it could be it could be worse. It's it's fine. There but again,
1: were... think about that question again the way it's rewarded.
0: Yeah, repeat it, Ryan. Does it not have a happy ending?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're giving me like the test from a Blade Runner or something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <all the> kids. <laughs> Like, this Which is one really twenty forty 2040- Yeah, no, not the one from 2049. That was too rapid fire. This one's definitely the yeah. uh, the initial yeah. uh, replicant test.
3: Where they're like, you see a turtle and it's back. What do you do? <laughs> and then, yeah, that's how I feel right now. I, I don't know. I mean...
1: Are your eyes seemed- dilating?
3: Yeah, yeah. It seemed like it was sort of in the middle because they got their punishments and it wasn't like a tragic ending i don't know i don't know what they want
1: <laughs> i would say is it not a happy ending i would say yes it is not a happy ending because uh Constance Wu needs to fucking call jennifer lopez so that needs to happen and she's crying at the end of the movie it's not yeah, a happy
2: be happy tears.
1: No, fuck
0: that. She's not gonna call her. Constance does not call people. She so only Bill, runs into Constance doesn't call people. She doesn't even want to go back to work.
1: Yeah.
0: Um That's an inside baseball joke if ever there was one. Um so Bill, you say the answer is yes, it does not have a happy ending. <laughs> Michael yes. Snydell. Yes. What do you think?
2: Uh I'm I'm gonna be crazy and say no.
0: Okay, the answer is yes. It does not have a happy ending.
2: Yes. Wait. But she now knows that that uh Ramona
0: cared about her. <laughs> I know, but according to the five understand. people at does the dog Die dot com.
1: <laughs> I I think I think when someone buys you a chinchilla fur coat, I think there's a certain level of you care about me that's beyond like like just oh you you, like we're good friends it's not like they got
0: you a pen set they got you a chinchilla coat
1: (laughs) yeah that's uh i
0: don't know she that whole relationship seemed seemed odd i um, am i don't know how i just i don't know how people here feel about fur but that coat looked so luxurious
3: (laughs) (laughs) it did look really cozy
0: Are you talking about
1: the one on Jennifer Lopez or are you talking about the new one that Constance Wu got? Or both?
3: I feel like they both looked really nice and warm and cozy.
1: I mean, if you can do a a strip club set and then go out on a New York City rooftop and then smoke a cigarette in just that coat, I think it's probably pretty warm. And then (laughs) also offer the warmth that you are feeling to someone else and be able to share it that means not only is it warm but it is also very large and uh i don't i don't know. voluminous voluminous um voluminous? Uh, yeah it's got a lot well, of volume do you not it's realize just, that that's the way is show, supposed
0: to, you're supposed to warm up by like getting into a sleeping bag with another person you share the body heat constance okay. Wu is not a body heat vampire okay we're going <laughs> to <laughs> we're going to do one more and then we're going to we're going to be done Okay. this is a this is a tough one does someone buy right. oh god
3: <laughs> i mean this is one where i i i'm with the does the dog die people on this i just but i guess not for the reasons they are but i just it's the laziest device and it's in every damn movie now everyone's puking <laughs> <laughs> so yes many times also, I felt like that character, like, she was obviously, like, sort of was supposed to be the sort of cute good girl type. And then it just felt like the vomiting was just to, like, give her something funny to do.
0: Right. She's sort of milk toast. Yeah. You know? The vomiting.
3: Yeah. So that felt kind of, like, <clears throat> just a bit lazy in terms of character
1: development. Doesn't she have a dog as well? Or does she have a cat? She has a cat. Has a cat. Yeah. She,
0: she has is. a I felt really bad for her just because like everyone else is running around in chinchilla coats and penthouse apartments Mm -hmm. and everything. And she's just like, I want my brick studio with my heart pillow and my cat.
3: Oh, her cat, her, her cat and her apartment were cute though.
0: I know. But like,
3: that
0: was was the saddest part is that her, her desires were so small compared to what everyone else was. Yeah. That, um, it almost felt like she in a different movie would have been like the protagonist. Just like I'm, I'm the girl who I like got kicked out of my house, and I have so much to lose and all this stuff. But like I'm, gotcha, I'm with these gotcha. people, and now everything's screwed up.
1: Why couldn't they just quit at a certain point? Because like, they what is that
0: I, goddamn I, money? Constance Weaver brings I, it up. She kept saying like I thought there was some magic amount mm-hmm. that I would get, and that I would be willing to to leave, but it never happened.
1: I was talking to my buddy after this movie, and I was telling him that, that I think, <laughs> huh? No, not, no, not, not my fiance, my buddy. Um, and I was telling him that I think kind of the mentality and look, like this, this is based on a true story, but this is obviously not the true story. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, all of this is just speculation, but I think part of the, what happens here is when you are a scam artist or whatever you want to call this, um, this becomes your job and so it's hard for people to make a certain amount of money and be like, you know, i don't know, $250,000 in a year and just sit on that money. They're going to be like, okay, so what do i do next year? Oh, i know, i'm going to call up bobby and see if i can't scam him out of some money and, you know, all these other things. So it's it's one of those things where i i think like you end up working, like, we're just surrounded by people that work constantly. And so if you're a criminal and that is your job and you work to do that, then there's no real, like, stopping. There's no point where you're like, oh, that's that's a good amount of money. Let me just sit on my ass. Right.
0: Well, it's like the like old man in the gun. Gonna, it's like, you know, if you stop working, you in some ways die. So don't stop mm-hmm. working. And if this is what yeah. you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: which Which sucks because <laughs> – like
0: I think I think no one the, wants to uh, you know spend sixty years drugging people and taking their money.
1: <laughs> yeah, that does not seem like a long term plan. And it seems
3: like it almost becomes an addiction for them, like the whole rush of it. Like it's mm-hmm. um it's like a gambling well, addiction definitely, or something. Definitely almost. Low yeah. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And I mean I think for all of them in the beginning, right? So beginning, it's like I guess definitely. it's hard to get off that train.
0: The um mm-hmm. what was it? Um the two the two non- primary characters um kiki palmer and uh lily Reinhardt. uh, yes yeah at some point they kind of disappear for like 15 minutes because (laughs) as constance Wu says they get like weirded out by the fact that now they're going to guys houses
1: Mm -hmm. although they continue to do it after all you know
0: not happily
1: (laughs) yeah um i I think the new york a uh, magazine article actually points this out which is that the actual people doing this basically their mindset and their kind of idea for why they ended up getting so wrapped up in this because you know just like this movie they just didn't stop until they eventually just got caught um and they said that their mindset was that they were just in a way so abused and so taken advantage of constantly in their day-to-day lives that this was almost an outlet spending just ridiculous amounts of money. Mm-hmm. And so they would end up after, you know, doing this for a couple of weeks, just basically back and broke and be like, well, I guess we've got to do it again. And yeah. it was just this constant, like just splurge of, just, like, emotional spending.
0: Well, I had a... Um, and this... I, get, I keep saying we're wrapping up. <gasps> I, I swear to God, yeah. this is where we're wrapping mm-hmm. up. I had a friend who, you know, when I when I found out that um, my wife and I were pregnant and we had to buy a house, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be so much money. And he said, you're going to realize, actually, that you have more money than you, you thought. And I said, I mm-hmm. don't know how that's possible. And then it turned out that, like, having a house and a child kept me from going out and blowing $300 a night drinking <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. doing random terrible things that were just like my life is technically meaningless i'm like contributing nothing to society i work too many hours at this job that i hate and now i'm going to like party to get over it Mm -hmm. and when instead of doing that you stay at home caring for a human being and like living in the house that you maintain and uh you're like oh i'm i'm actually fulfilled and i don't need to go sing karaoke until five in the morning drinking Mm -hmm. whiskey cokes Mm mm-hmm so yeah, I think I think that, that makes sense. The concept of being like, I am abused and I am stressed out and I'm just going to spend all this money that I just worked my ass off to steal. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it has been a great episode talking about Hustlers. Abby, thank you so much for joining us.
3: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: And um, the usual stuff as we wrap up. Don't forget to go to MUBI.com slash FilmStage for your free 30-day subscription to MUBI. So you can check out all the awesome stuff that is on there currently. Um, I forgot to mention their Vim Vendors in America series. Which currently has Hemet and the Million Dollar Hotel. Uh, There's a bunch of other great stuff on there. So go check it out. See what it's all about. Oh my god, I just realized that Fantastic Planet is on there too. (laughs) (laughs) A fantastic... uh, That's a poor choice of words. A really good... um, french animation about humans going to a planet where they're then harvested like pets and pests by these uh very giant aliens super great check it out go to mubi.com slash film stage for a free 30-day trial and uh go to patreon.com slash film stage show to give us your money yeah
2: did you have ketamine and mdma to come up with that description brian
0: i did not um you know what's funny is i actually knew about the the memory loss properties of ketamine um because my daughter had a cut that she had to go to the hospital to get stitched and um they were like we're gonna give her uh an anesthesia thing and i was like what are you what are you gonna use and they said ketamine and I was like, the horse tranquilizer? Like, the party drug? Is that, like, smart? Like, that's a, you know, I'm at Children's National Hospital, like, the best pediatric hospital in the nation, and I'm like, we're going to you give gonna, your daughter gonna, cocaine. You're going <laughs> to we'll give her fine. some molly? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> and they were like, no. Do, is there a cover charge? <laughs> they were like, it'll calm her down. And, and it will also create, like, a retrograde um, and uh, anterior grade amnesia for a little while so that she won't remember anything. And I was like, oh, that actually is very smart. And her, this is this is terrible, but her coming down from ketamine was the funniest goddamn thing I've ever seen. Because they had to wrap her hand up to keep her from pulling out the IV. And so she had like basically a boxing club and she was wasted on ketamine and looked at me and then looked at her mom and then looked down at her hand and goes, what? And just kept forgetting that she had this thing on her hand, this freaking two year old just constantly looking at her hand, going, "What? Oh, was she okay? Yeah, she's doing good. Okay, good. (laughs) I probably wouldn't be laughing as much if she was. Okay, I'm like,
3: (laughs) no, no, fair enough. But I was just like, oh, this sounds so scary. Right. It was it was
0: incredibly scary, you know, because the cut was on her face, so that bleeds a lot. But like, there was just something about the point when, you know, she's stitched up, she's still swollen. And you know, we're we're obviously concerned, but the doctor's like, Look, we gave her like four hundred stitches, like which for the the cuts were not that big, so I was like, You fit a lot of stitches in there And they're like, Well, you know, we don't want it to scar up, so this is like at the most there'll be a little white line. I was like, Okay and then so we're like, She's gonna be fine, everything's fine and then she opens her eyes and is just again, it's just like a drunk child who's like, What? feeding her apple juice and and uh goldfish crackers as she's slowly 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 getting back to reality it was uh it was funny if you can somehow get a doctor to have to give your kid ketamine i recommend it (laughs) (laughs) anyway promise we're gonna wrap up okay Uh, (laughs) this is it it's over we're done for today uh let's tell the fine people at home where it can be found between now and next week michael what are we talking about next week
2: uh i think we're talking about the james Ad gray astra. film at astra
0: yeah it's about it's about time all right so uh let's tell the fine people where we can be found between now and the next time we talk about Ad astra abby bender oh
3: yes where i can be found
0: yeah like twitter if you oh to be able yeah to you there. okay
3: so i'm Home on- address. I'm on, Yes, I'm on Twitter, um, Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, underscore, Bender, B-E-N-D-E-R, and you can also find me at abbybender.com, and yeah, I guess those are my main places where you can find my work up, my website. I need to update it, but I've got a lot of my writing on there.
0: All right. Bill
1: Grimm. Uh, you can find me... Definitely protecting my dog uh, because she will not die anytime soon. (laughs) Um, On Twitter at CableBFG and then also mixing it up in the Slack channel.
0: All right, Michael Snydell.
1: You can find me
2: on uh, Twitter at at Snydell. On Letterboxd, I've been uh, participating in Hooptober, which started on the 15th. So now I have October, though. I, it started on September fifteenth, so I'm going to, I'm to be
0: ex- Hooptober until movies. it's Hooptober.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I Hooptober
0: starts early and earlier each year.
1: <laughs> I I have a, a a button to do as well. Abby, what did you think of Rachel Weiss's costume in The Favorite?
3: Oh, just like uh, in general, those costumes uh well i feel like it's been a while since i've seen it now but i i like them um i also just like loved uh the sets and like all the candlelight and stuff in the movie
1: okay i feel like we, that
3: just makes any costume look better
1: we definitely spent like five minutes talking about how rachel wise like wears the shit out of that like horse riding suit. oh
3: the hunt yeah like the hunting outfit yes. yeah <laughs> yes yeah, very like, just a good, uh, like power bitch look for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Alright, Brian. <laughs>
0: Is it my turn? I couldn't remember if we'd actually let Michael finish. <laughs> oh, I, I'm done. It's okay, good. Great. Um, yeah, so you can uh, I'll tell you where you can't find me ever again in a strip club. Just too much too fast. I can never go <laughs> Too much back. baggage. It's just not not ever going to happen again. Um, but you can find me hey, on Twitter. Yeah,
1: please kill ya.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Brian J. Rowan. My personal site, BrianJerome dot com, uh, Instagram, and all that crap. But really, if you go to any social media site and type in Brian J Rowan, probably you'll find me there. Uh, so that's it. Um, yeah, that's all. Join us next week. We're going to be talking about Ad Astra, which, uh, if you recall, at the beginning of the summer, we weren't even sure was actually going to get released. We were super yeah. worried about that. But it's been to festivals, it's apparently great, cannot wait to see it. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us, and tune in next week.